reflecting on the condition of, of uh, you know, what we identify with is usually our memory, like identity with the body is a memory, isn't it? I'm, I look like this, I'm a, I'm this person, and this is, this is a memory that, that one uh, holds to, and then, of course, that is what we regard as what myself. <coughs> Oh, we have views about Buddhism, about how to practice, and uh, Theravada Buddhism, and Thai forest tradition, and and all the kind of uh, techniques 
everything that we is part of the this form is uh, we can we can know all about it so we can have we can be experts tracing it into the scriptures and so forth but it's still something we remember and we then we attach to the memories to the things we remember knowing about so in the way of mindfulness then it's knowing directly this way of reflecting it's like this so when we look at the body in a direct way direct knowing of this physical condition that we call mind body and then it's made up of the four elements, earth, fire, water, and air, conscious. But as a direct knowing, then we're, we're knowing it in terms of the experience of it now. So it's not knowing about uh, the body as if it were, you know, something we needed to remember and, and then have various uh, ideas and views about it, but it's a direct knowing of uh, the physical experience right now is like this. You know the breath is like this. You know, the inhalation is like this, the exhalation is like this. We, we, we're not, it's not knowing about the breath, but knowing it as experience, as, as it is happening in the present. And we can know, uh, the, uh, mental state we're in, what kind of mood. Like this. In a kind of mood or state of mind, emotional state that that is present right now. You know, this isn't a, notice it isn't a knowing in terms of comparing or judging, but it's just recognizing the direct way of knowing the present, in the present moment, it's like this. We can know thinking is thinking and memory is memory. You know, if there's thoughts going on or emotions, memories are like this. And so there's like contemplating anicca dukkanata then is not a, is not <coughs> trying to, is not an act of memory, is it? It's just a way of noticing that which is present in a very you know, completely with it, so that you, it's not theoretical or half-hearted or, or uh, you know, done through some ideas you have about how to practice or how to be mindful or how to meditate. So the uh, Satipatthana, four foundations of mindfulness, is we can we can study that. Sutta, and know all about the Satipatthana Sutta, memorize it, translate it, and we 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 might be uh, even write a book on it, 
the commentary, but uh, in terms of what its purpose is, it's to, it's to uh, help us to focus on the present as it is. Otherwise, we we have to we we come from memories, from ideas, from opinion. And it's notice about practice of meditation, isn't it? It's like we've got views about meditation. Uh, those are memories that you you pick up. You you have heard from various teachers, or even your own uh, commitment to a certain technique or style of meditation. If you, if you if you aren't using direct knowing, then one tends to operate from the meditation is like this, the sitting practice. Anapanasati, you do it like this. Sleeping practice, you do it like this. You have techniques. And so, so many of the... They all started usually with technique, meditation technique. So in this way, where is Theravada Buddhism and where is, you know, these are memories, aren't they? This is knowing about or Tibetan Buddhism or Mahayana Buddhism. <laughs> you have, we we read about them and we have uh you know we have maybe preferences for or against uh, you know we like or don't like or agree or don't agree but that's usually through just the thinking process and the and uh, one's own preference the attachment to the ideas or the the uh, the uh ideals Then contemplate that this, you know, this, this realm that we're experiencing, what we identify is, uh, very strongly as the, bo- is the body, which is just really food, isn't it? If you think of yourself as food. An interesting one. <laughs> you know, even though we, we, the, uh, the idea of cannibalism is appalling to us, because we're so civilized. Yeah, it, when it, it comes to a desperate situation, we could actually, you know, eat. <laughs> and we could digest, you know, as members of the Sangha. <laughs> Survive in a crisis, because it's just putting food, you know, making somebody else into food to, to keep this bag of food going. And it's, it's consciousness, you know, it's earth, fire, water, air, and consciousness working together. And this is what we create as a, you know, a, a, a person. I'm, you know, how we can so be so obsessed with, with myself as a person. <clears throat> my feelings, my views, my thoughts, my life. My aspirations, I can, I can, you know, really make a, a inspiring story out of my life. This sack of food, 
has had quite an interesting life. And then, you know, if a hungry tiger came in, you know, you'd just see this, this, so much potential, you know, food all over the sala. Yeah, the, uh. mm. So this is just one way of reflecting on, on uh, you know, how how seriously we take ourselves. <laughs> In terms of our identities, they're always with what we're not. You know, if you if you really think you're a bag of food, then. <laughs> but we we don't like to think of ourselves as that. We we can give ourselves a, a kind of more glamorous identity. You know, something <laughs> a little more uplifting, and and we can you know decorate it with all kinds of lovely little ideas and perceptions and create ourselves into a, you know, uh, we can even, you know, consider ourselves, uh, you know, something, a, a great gift to the, to the world and on and on like this. If we get very conceited or others see themselves as, as unworthy and useless. But these are through memories, through attachment to, through memories from experience. Well, if you have low self-esteem, this is because of a memory, isn't it? The, 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 your in consciousness, the, the habit of seeing yourself in terms of, of critical criticizing. The memories about yourself is not being good enough, or not being worthy, not being pure. And so we can we can sink into depression just through these. Uh, Attitudes and these memories that we hold to. So this is where it's really getting to know memory is memory. Like when I enter the temple here, sit down. This is this has become just part of the monastic form. So I remember it. Now I do these various bow three times, and so this is memory. But uh, these uh, these are kind of skillful means or habits, monastic form. But then the identity with it becomes I can make it into a tyranny, isn't it? And I have to bow three times, otherwise I'm not paying proper respect and not setting a good example. What if I only bow two times? What if I forget to bow? <laughs> and then, then the, and then the intimidation of the form comes in, you know. The what happens if I mix uh, morning, morning allowance? With, uh, like, morning honey with afternoon tea. <laughs> and it comes, you know, one can really wind oneself up into incredible doubts and guilt about <laughs> the refinement of our, our monastic etiquette. 
So memory, as long as we're attached to memory, then, and this is blindly attached, you know, just being so used to to this grasping of memory as reality, that, of course, then even the the practices of mindfulness become duties and obligations. I have to be mindful. And so then I should be mindful. Or you should be more mindful. And on and on like this. So we, we, we grasp the ideas, the memories, the teachings. And, uh, and then we, we project them onto our experience. So we're, we're making something more complicated than what it really is. So in terms of remembering or mindfulness, say, pure awareness and memory. So that you, you, you know, the pure awareness is very natural. It's not, it's not something you can remember. You, I should be mindful. That's a memory. But say, Tatsisampatanya isn't a memory. Because this is the way it is. It's that as we um, let go of, of obsessive behavior and and attachment, then what, what we begin to recognize and realize state of pure being, pure consciousness, consciousness that that is still part of the food package. So getting behind consciousness. Try to think, figure that one out. <laughs> so this is, this is like the consciousness is very much where, you know, where usually consciousness is so, so um, mixed with the memory that we don't know the difference. And so in, in, uh, developing or in cultivating awareness, this is where we have to trust in something we can't grasp. And when you try to grasp the idea of it, it, it doesn't work. You know, so you try hard to be mindful, and then you've got an idea of mindfulness through memory, and then you, then that very thing gets in the way. Rather than trusting in the, the the pure being of the pure presence that exists now that is present now. So this is uh, where the you know we this awakenness is uh, it's not something that you you know that that you have to get or develop, but in Learning to recognize, to realize, because in that reality, then we begin to to recognize the unconditioned behind the conditioning of consciousness. 
So that's where all our efforts to try to to become and attain and achieve and get rid of and and purify ourselves and endlessly get caught in a program, a kind of schedule of duties that and and determination that that might be all very good, very good stuff. But at the end of the day, we we can be uh, you know. Spending years doing all that, what what is the result? Is it we might consider ourselves a little better than we were thirty five years ago? Or like, like seeing, uh, you know, the assumptions that, that we have like, I'm filled with impurities. You know, that I've got a lot of impurities. And, uh, and, and that sense of, of seeing oneself through the, a perception. Because it, one might feel, you know, feel very impure as a person. On a personal level, you know, we can, you know, we can feel Worthless and and uh, stupid and on and on like this. But then in the but then this is through memory that we they were operating through remembering. I'm somebody that has a lot of impurities, and I've got to do something about it. Work hard at my meditation in order to purify, get rid of these impurities. Or we can think. If we sit long enough, the impurities will come and we can let go of them. So we've still got an idea that, that somehow impurities are there kind of constantly. You know, they're, they're lurking down deep inside your soul. In the subconscious, there's all kinds of dragons and demons, horrible monsters, vicious and cruel and nasty lurking down deep inside that uh, you have to if you sit long enough they'll come up to the surface <laughs> or maybe we've got to really you know get them out somehow you know do some kind of cathartic practice where where we can you know really come to grips with these with, but these are assumptions aren't they these memories or views that we might have or feelings that we might be attached to that we might regard as, as being very realistic but when you're putting it in, in terms of direct knowing that that is an assumption isn't it based on a memory Some, something you've been told that, that you're impure and that and that uh, you know you need to do something about it to become pure. This is where the, this, uh, this, uh, you know, this seeing yourself through the views and opinions that others have or you yourself hold about yourself is all based on memory again. Uh, the, the Buddha's teaching of Ittabhajita, and this is, I found very helpful. Uh, way of reflecting when, when the conditions arise and this arises in your consciousness. So we can think, you know, like the attitude of 
meditating, uh, getting our, you know, purifying ourselves through a very kind of determined meditation practice. Um, that's, you know, not going to speak, not going to have anything to do with you guys during this retreat. And I'm just going to get my practice together uh, in order to uh, purify myself or get some insights. So this, this, these very ideas can be, you know, we're attached to our ideas of practice uh, as something that doesn't include you. I've got to exclude you because you get in the way if I'm holding this to this view about practice. Or I have the view that I can't be mindful in a group. It just stirs me up and I get all kind of, you know, it just brings up various problems and pushes buttons and I just get run out and, and uh, so I need to have space. This is a very Western wine, isn't it? I need space. I have to have my space. And if the space is getting crowded, then I, you know, I'm going to just go berserk. I can't bear it. So, we, and so this is what we create all the time. We're someone that needs a lot of space. <clears throat> but when the conditions arise, then this is, then this, this is what arises in consciousness. So like when you're doing uh, hermetic meditation, like you're alone in a kuti, and the conditions that exist there, you know, where you're not being impinged on, irritated, or, or um, you're not being impinged on by, say, the community, where you can get off alone by yourself, that those conditions are absent. And But the conditions that are present are what? You know, so it, you know, you're alone in your kuti. And then you've got an idea for, now I can really practice. Because I, I, I can't do it in the bhikkhu's common room. Can't be mindful there. You just sit around drinking tea and eating cheese and reading newspapers. And then talking about silly things after dark. So, I'm going to reject all that because I'm really serious. I want to get from my practice together. We're off to the kuti. And then you, you don't have that, that, that kind of, those conditions to arouse the, um, the emotion. But you can still remember. You could probably, some of you might sit in your kutis thinking, this is a common room. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with that, and so then that that so actually you're bringing the you're making the conditions about something that doesn't really exist except in your memory at that moment. You know, because in, when you're in your kuti, you're not the conditions of the common room are not present, but the memory is, can be there. Or you've got some some very fixed idea about uh, what you need, and so that, that is now I'm alone 
and I can really get my samadhi. So you, you know, this is, this is highly praised to get samadhi. That's from the day one when I started meditation, I was always hearing about getting samadhi. And so, you know, this word samadhi is a exotic word for me. Concentration doesn't sound quite so mystical, you know. But <laughs> uh, samadhi certainly does. And so it's something I don't have that I've got to get. And, and then you read about different levels of samadhi and, and uh, neighborhood samadhi and, and uh, momentary samadhi and, and then uh, sama samadhi and jhana samadhi and, and so that they, these, uh, these are, then we remember these terms. So we're trying to, you know, through, through having read about all this or having ideas, then we, we try to get something that we actually, uh, you know, we, maybe if we don't feel we've ever had samadhi, we've never recognized if we've had it anyway, then we conceive it as something. So we, we're always looking for it through a perception, a memory that we, uh, from some, some book or some, somebody else's view about it. So this is where, like, awareness in Satipampatanya is reflecting on the, the present moment. The body's like this. The breath, the, the uh, state of mind, the jitta, or the, Sound of silence. We notice like the sound of the wind or the temperature of the room is like this. So that we're, and by doing this, we're actually bringing attention to what in a direct way, to the way it is. It's like this. As isness, suchness. Dathada, the Pali word dathada, as is. It's just like, it's not, it's not a matter of approving or liking, disapproving or, it's, but it's acknowledging the way it is. So if one is in a feeling really despairing and, and, uh, doubtful and, and sorrowful or anguished, and Yakuti and great sadness or anguish you feeling it's like this rather than uh, a kind of it's not a resigned thing oh it's like this I can't do anything about it just sit and watch it and then we're grasping a memory of what we should do if we have if we're in a mood that we should mm. you know just be we've got to be mindful of it and then we've got this we're holding to a memory of what we should do about it. And then that always implies that it's something that we want, don't want. That there's something wrong if I'm sad or depressed or anguished. But as we trust the awareness, then we begin to see the, how they, these, these things change as, as you, uh, the, you know, you, you, there's a, usually a sequence, isn't it, of feeling anguished and then 
than not trying to get rid of it in some way, thinking there's something wrong, that uh, that uh, there's something wrong with me because I have this feeling, and it's not healthy feeling. You see, I'm already judging. It's not a healthy feeling. Anguish is, you know, it's, that means there's something wrong. No, I mean, there's something wrong, it's not healthy, I don't want it, it's in the way, and so it becomes complicated. And so there's then the, the tendency to the old ways of resisting, you know, trying to distract yourself, get rid of it, or even the idea, I've just got to sit here and accept it, embrace it. Ajahn Samina says, embrace your anguish. Yeah. Embracing it, but it's still don't want it. And then, of course, after a while, in, if you, you know, the, the lack of, of, uh, contact, and that does, one, you know, if you stay, stay in isolation or sensory deprivation, and you're, you're not being stimulated or irritated that much, then just by living in a very peaceful, uh, quiet, silent place, then there's a natural calm that comes through just because the conditions for calm are there. Because you're not being excited, stimulated, intimidated by others, by duties, obligations, responsibilities. So then we, the time up, two week retreat, in the self retreat in the Kuchi's over, back into community life. Then what happens? Then we, then we remember maybe the conditions in the Kuti while we're in the Sala. So we, we think, oh, I liked it in the Kuti, this Sala really, really driving me crazy. On a Sunday, you know, and the little children running around screaming and, and, uh, all those people, noise, and, uh, the one, one next to me, uh, slurps his soup and, sucks up noodles and those disgusting things that, you know, if I'm in my cootie, I don't have to put up with that kind of thing. And so then we can become very averse to just little things that maybe we didn't even notice before. We can get very hypersensitive. So then the reflection, the reflecting mind, the direct knowing is it's like this. The, the sala on Sunday morning is like this. The sound, the noise of children Babies crying and people talking and all that's like this. The feeling of irritation is like this. So where the conditions for these, for being irritated are present, you know. So that, the this is like, it's a budget, the conditions are this way, have arisen for, for this sense of irritation or a lot of, uh, Impingement that, that irritates our consciousness. 
So our relationship to it then is is one of knowing it rather than of of uh, trying to, you know, getting caught into it, into these irritating experiences. So that's where if if you, you know, if you if you can't, you know, the idea of facing the shrine and sitting, then turning and facing the community. It's an interesting one. Because it's different in the, like, like, uh, in, when we do this focusing practice, it's interesting to see how, you know, it's, what that brings up, just when you're, when you're looking at somebody else straight in the eye. The conditions are different than when I'm looking at the Buddha Rupa. Now, Buddha Rupa has eyes. And they, and, Lapis lazuli eyes. I had got special refined lapis lazuli. You can't see the blue because they look black. But if you, I want to get a spotlight that shine up so you can see this beautiful blue color. But still, it's not the same. The conditions of looking at the Buddha Rupa eyes don't have the same effect as looking in your eyes. Why is that? Because the conditions are different. You know, the, the conditions are like this. So it's it's the way of of awareness, where the you know the it's not picking and choosing and uh, controlling anymore, but but opening to the way things are. And to be able to do that, of course, you can you can grasp the idea of it and. You might even agree, but how do you do it? Now, if your experience of mindfulness is solely, you know, you're, the only time you've ever recognized yourself as, as fully present here and now is through isolation, through sensory deprivation, through, concent- through concentration, by turning away from everything, then you attach to that the memory of meditation and Mindfulness as, uh, uh, dependent on those conditions. Where there's no irritating impingement, or the irritating impingement is minimal. So it's so easy to, to, uh, to, to identify insight with a particular situation we're in. I think the first year, uh, when I was a Samanera, conditions were such as sensory deprivation. I had no duty responsibility, it was just by myself for a year, and, uh, you know, with just the practice. So, so then, the insights I had were very much aligned with the conditions. So I began to, you know, when I went to stay with Uncle Chai, I had a very fixed view that I had that was the real practice in the Kuti alone, and that the practice that what my poem was somehow inferior because uh, we didn't have that much time alone. You know, it had work, bindabata, chanting, morning, evening puja, and uh, you know, there's always things to be doing. And sometimes. I had to learn how to sew robes and do things that I didn't really wasn't interested in. 
I didn't join the Sangha to, to become a tailor or a laborer, you know, and to carry water like peasants, you know, bamboo pole. I'm from modern city in the United States. I did do kind of work like a peasant and then and then the life was, you know, these things were, I was interested in this. This wasn't meditation. So, and I had, you know, for the first year, there was a strong resistance to it. You know, thinking, I really want to get back to the kuti in the forest with, without any, all these duties and other things that just distract me because that's not real practice. That's just getting in my way. <clears throat> this um, emphasis I've been making about, like this morning at, at breakfast, this is an attitude of this conviviality of a sense of well-being, openness, friendliness, and then we, then we, then we can grasp the idea. You know, Ajahn Sumedho wants us to talk all the time and just socialize and bond together. coming from ideas and, and memories rather than uh, you know using this suggestion as a as an attitude of openness uh, that is that includes everything so you're not you're not caught in that dualistic view of meditation is when I turn away from you because you're in my way I sit on my cushion and Go and do samadhi. To where it doesn't make much difference anymore. Like I find now, it's it's not that important. You know what I'm, you know, what I'm doing, whether I'm alone or with others, or that. It doesn't seem the, the attitude that somehow sitting alone, getting samadhi, is a superior practice than than facing the community, being with the community. Because that's another memory, a memory that we, that we might be very attached to. But even then, we're not even condemning the memory. It's not a matter of you shouldn't have that memory, or you've got to change it to some other memory. But having the, the, uh, Trusting in your ability to just see this is the way it is. This memory is like this. Not wanting, uh, feeling very threatened or irritated by the common room is like this. Or being very, and, and, th- and then thinking that, that this is somehow an obstruction, where the obstruction is the grasping of the memory. So then the 
the common room or the temple or the sala or the kuti, it doesn't really make much difference unless you're very attached to a memory of something being better than something else. So what is what it is is a direct knowing of the way it is. It's a sati sampachanya, an intuitive intelligence. It's what, where wisdom operates. Wisdom doesn't operate through attachment to memory. No matter how many wise memories you might have. <laughs> learning to trust this and and to you know the uh, Krishnamurti's choiceless awareness or the way of no preferences uh, it's all you know very much uh, you know in you know part of the whole idea of li- you know part of the it's the way of liber- liberation So then you can think, Ajahn Sumedho doesn't want us to practice alone in a kuti. <laughs> or, he, you know, it doesn't make any difference, you know. And then you attach to the idea again of it. Something I say that it, it maybe it's, it distresses you because maybe you'd like me to reaffirm, you know, the real practice is when you're alone and quiet in your kuti. That's where it's at. And the more of you that do that, I really approve. And you have my approval 100%. And anyone who doesn't do that, you know, gets my disapproval. So then, then that, 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 uh, would make some of you very happy if I did. <laughs> because that, 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 you know, justify maybe, because, uh, we have different characters and some of us like you know, prefer being alone to being in the group, or others of us prefer being in a group to being alone, or some can kind of um, swing between the two. But that's not the point, that one type is better than another. This is Then there's a judgment being made again, some kind of value judgment, rather than having the wisdom to know this is the way it is like this. So into Bhajanda then is is like really uh, uh, conditions for you know when 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 I like in the focusing then the conditions for focusing are there. So with uh, you know somebody in a in a in a format that is, uh, has a structure to it in a way. And the conditions are like this. And so then you, you, you're, you're encouraged to really be aware of what is happening, you know, what is the going on, what is this, the, when the condition like this, what is happening, you know, emotionally or mentally. And so that, that is usually one doesn't, you know, in, in my life, I've never 
you know, until I started doing that, it never really related to anyone that in such a way. So that mostly the attitude was one of, uh, you know, seeing somebody else uh, uh, in the in a way of uh, it's a social situation, or it's a teaching situation. I'm the teacher, you're the student, or I, it's a social situation. You come for tea and, and I'm the host and I've got to, you know, socialize with you. If I just sit there and look into your eyes, <laughs> and say, I feel a slight knot in the pit of my stomach. <laughs> this is not kind of socially kind of considered uh, good form, is it? So we we talk about them. What's in the news? Well, you know, uh, President Bush, <laughs> the latest Bushism, or <laughs> uh, you know, oh, what do you think of the weather? Does it ever stop raining in this country? <laughs> Or get into gossip. You know, what's so-and-so doing now? Oh, you don't say. <laughs> I thought they would. <laughs> uh, you get into into gossip. and uh, Or maybe we're above that. We, we don't, we're above gossip in this community. <laughs> well, let's have a Dharma discussion. What are you, your views about gradual and instant enlightenment, Arjun Sumato? <laughs> so then this is, we get into Dharma discussion and views, maybe views about, you know, we have around the, the Dharma subject. <coughs> so in one way, it, you know, the, the just the, 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 the kind of Socializing just as something to kill time or put up with is, one can also see that, how one gets weary of just making small talk, chit chat, and, and, uh, and, and then you just, you know, you, it's time to go and you close the door and the conditions have changed. So that this idea of seeing somebody as someone you have to entertain or you have to be a teacher to. I'm, if you come to me for teaching, and and so I I have to be teach you something, uh, conditions for teaching are there, but still it's uh, if we're not aware, if we're not using sati uh, sampatanya, then even that gets dreary, you know to always uh, be looked at as a teacher, and you you're the perpetual student disciple. And, or you come for just a social afternoon, uh, to, um, engage in meaningful Dharma discussion with Arjun Samayana, <laughs> things like this. And this is, these assumptions are the, are based on memories, aren't they? And so this is where sometimes social situations are dreary because it's, uh, you know, the, it, it tends to be perfunctory and kind of deadening in a way. 
So if that's all we, we, we relate to each other only on that level, then it is, you know, sometimes better to be alone because, uh, then we, we don't have to put up with, with that. But changing the attitude from, from preference to being alone, seeing a social situation as, as something you, you don't want to participate in, being aware of that, it feels like this. You're beginning to, to open to the way it is, rather than believe all your justifications and rationalizations to, for you, the position that you're taking. So then, even in a, a social situation, like the other, is having tea with the monks in the common room and they're talking about animals and things, you know, the kind of uh, not very serious subjects. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't profound dhamma or anything greatly, uh, you know, in great insight through, through the, the kind of... Uh, uh, Discuss, uh, chit chat that we were engaged in, but because uh, of the feeling of being present, you know, it was it was uh, I quite enjoyed it. You know, it was a pleasant feeling, even though it didn't seem to matter what you're talking about because uh, I wasn't judging it or have a preference that that uh, during this retreat, you know, there's no discussion around trivial. Subjects, but if you have deep Dhamma questions, I'm available. If you, if I come over for tea, I want you all to immediately, you know, if you have any foolish thoughts in your mind, get rid of them and, and have some very deep question, you know, meaningful Dharma question to ask me so I can teach you. And I wouldn't come over actually if you. <laughs> If I knew I was in for that. So then in, in, uh, say, in, in opening, you know, to the present, then you're picking up on something that isn't just a, a habit, you know, or a duty. You know, it's my duty to go and kind of, you know, have tea with the monks and, and, I have to perform this duty, and I'm very dutiful. But then, it's that's another memory, isn't it, that I'm attached to. And if I don't see that attachment, then I perform a duty. And then it's something in it is, you know, is rather dreary. Just performing duties out of, uh, you know, in that way can be very, uh, a kind of tyranny. My duty to do this, and I'm, Responsible. Mm-hmm. But when we break out of that and let, let go of those, you know, when we begin to see this, get behind these, these, uh, the, these memories that we hold and begin to trust in the pure awareness, then, then it, it's, uh, it, one finds a joyfulness in, in, uh, in the, just the pure presence of being. 
and can appreciate the 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 good things that come from it, and not make a problem around the the unpleasant one, because you you established in awareness now, rather than in a, a view about awareness or opinions about practice or judgments, value judgments that one might have in regards to each other or the situation. So, in terms of of uh, daily life, you know, like the anagarikas, anagarikas uh, having duties during the 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 second month. I mean, this is this can be seen as, you know, you know, one can feel it's some some like that, some don't like that, but it feels like this. You know, liking or disliking is like this. And, uh, then you're, then you're, you know, you're, you're using a situation for awareness where they say, well, if you, you know, you, if you could get your way, then you could, uh, very much, uh, do the real practice, which is, here in the temple or in your room, but not in the kitchen, which is getting in the way of real practice. So that is a memory again. Real practice and, and, and kind of, uh, duties that we have to do because somebody's made a decision that I don't particularly agree with, but we have to do it. So we do it, but then we can see it always in terms of, of of some value judgment, some memory, rather than awakening to it. The the practice then is is the you know it's ongoing. It's nothing that that is an obstruction to it. If you trust in awareness, if you trust in your memories or views, then there's going to be innumerable problems, obstructions, obstacles throughout your life in whatever you do, because you know that you've you know you're. The world, the experience, the conditions don't allow us to always be, get what we want or have what we like or what we believe in. Uh, conditions arise, they're like this, and even if they're unwanted and terrible, our relationship to them then is one of awareness, Which is, we begin to have this stable, stable center, the sense of pure presence that is unshakable and is not, it can't be shaken by if the conditions are terrible. So this is, this is, uh, this, uh, uh, this is like this unshakable deliverance of the heart is the goal of the holy life. 
as long as you're attached to memories and ideas, then you're shakeable every time. <laughs> because you're attached to shaking things that shake all the time. You know, so that it can't be otherwise. But this is where the the uh, to recognize this unshakable this unshakability because it is, is this is the act of surrender or relaxing and trusting in nothing at all because it, it, there's nothing nothing to do there's not nothing that you know as soon as you make a memory of it and attach to it that's not it there's an intuitive ability. It's like this. So then I, uh, when I, I'm very much aware of this sound of silence. And uh, that's, that's here and now. In establishing that kind of, yeah, that has a, that has a, a flowing course, like a stream, isn't it? And it continues, you know, it's not, not something you create and, and comes and goes. Your attention to it can come and go, but once you, uh, recognize it more and more, then it's everywhere. It's all the time. It gives this, this, you get less kind of stability from it, from resting in it. But it's not to attach the idea of it, or that you've got to rest in it, or to, or that, that to make it into something more than it, this is the way it is. And then you can be aware of what you're going on in your body, like if you're feeling, uh, sad, or lonely, or angry, or resentful, or, or, happy or whatever you know the the mental uh, conditions that are that you're experiencing right now are reflected in this stream so it's like this the uh, flowing the, the stillness of the flowing water or this sound stream or this vibration, whatever it is, is like this. There's a stillness in it. It's, you can you can stabilize, you can really uh, rest in it, relax, surrender. And then that will reflect the the the, the other conditions that arise like a mirror to reflect the, the state of mind, the, the, the bodily feelings, the uh, whatever is the conditions that arise that are present now are like this. So in, uh, you know, if I have to uh, when I had to give that reflection at Lord Young's funeral, you know, I, they wanted, you know, they 
they didn't want me to give a long sermon. Very, very clear. Uh, and uh, they had it all figured out. How about five minutes? And uh, and then the vicar had given quite a long sermon by that time. And uh, then uh, and you know in a, in this old church, Saint Bartholomew's, very old ancient church, and all of these people, friends, uh, relatives of Lord Young. And uh, when I started thinking about it, I started getting nervous. Now, what should I say? Five minutes. And it all is impermanent. <laughs> is that five minutes up? <laughs> How long does it take to say all is impermanent? <laughs> and so then, then the sense of, you know, I'm somebody who's been asked to do something. And I have to do it within this restricted time. And then I'm a Buddhist monk, and most of these people don't know anything about Buddhism. And I, and I don't want to kind of, uh, bungle it, you know, be an idiot. Because, you know, I want Buddhism to have a, have a good face, you know, and make it something. <laughs> so that these things, all the self, the conditions, the memories, rattle on in the, in the consciousness. So I went to the sound of silence, dropped it. And then, then it was my turn to, to give this reflection. And I walked, I had to walk up this uh, central aisle of the church to the place where the coffin is. It was completely empty. You know, the conditions were like this. You know, the, you know, I was aware of, you know, the conditions as they are. Without, I refuse to create any problem around it. Or, you know, get caught in the self-consciousness in regards to it, or dutiful things. You know, sense of responsibility. I'm, I'm the, the modern face of Buddhism in Britain. You know, <laughs> and I don't like that. I could make a real mess of it. You know, through winding myself up, uh, through through thinking and attachment to ideas. But dropping that, then from this stable center, then the, then it was adequate, you know, appropriate. I think, anyway. <laughs> Even then it doesn't really matter. But that, it's a memory now. But, but this is a, this is a scene that, is meditation, did I kind of, you know, go out of this monastery during this retreat in the city of London to to attend this funeral. And that's not, you know, I did it as an act of duty because I knew Lord Young and he was very uh, supporter and friend over many years and uh, my duty. And so I've got to go as an act of duty. Or is it just part of the flow of uh, the conditions arise, they're like this. It's like this. Being in St. Bartholomew's is like this. Being in the Amravati Temple right now is like this. And that sense of 
of non-criticism. So it, it, it's wide open, isn't it? It's everything belongs. Whatever the conditions might be, they belong at this moment because they're here. So I offer this as a reflection for this evening.